All right, good evening, or at least it's evening here. I'd like to welcome everybody to episode 16 of the Casual Shooters podcast. Um, we were supposed to actually have a, a guest on, well, we did, but unfortunately we had some technical difficulties and all of the audio was lost. Uh, so tonight we have a special guest. Um, I'm going to bring in Leo in a minute, and I'm going to interview him, and we're going to get to know the guy we call Poe. Talk to me, Leo. Hello, everybody. That's what I'm talking about right there. All right. So this is kind of a surprise interview. I kind of sprung it on Leo at the last minute, and he had a few minutes. So here, here we go. We're going we're gonna to play some games. Let's give it a shot. All right. See what we got. First off. Intended. Yes, exactly. Unplanned. What nationality are you, Leo? Okay, so nationality, <laughs> I am Nicaraguan by dint that my parents are Nicaraguan, um, but I was born in America, so I am American, but I, I am, but I'm Hispanic, and there's a bunch of other stuff, German and whatever, but so parents like, are from Central America. So you're like the other 98% of us, you're mutt. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit of something from everywhere, but yes. Which, Which is, is why, why we're the greatest country, country ever. Because what are the best? What are the best dogs? It's not the purebreds. It's the one that has a little bit of everything. Yeah, because they last forever. Yeah, and and, just and keep be, on going. And they have so much different DNA. They're all great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they don't get sick as much. There you go, and that's why I don't need any immunizations. Exactly. See, right there. But but yeah, so my parents are are both from Nicaragua. And then they came here for freedom. So uh, I love it. Yeah. Okay. Put on your best Bane voice. <laughs> oh, what is what is your favorite movie? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my favorite movie, and I will, I'm sure, get get kickback for this because I'm a grown man, uh, is still uh, has been and forever will be the Princess Bride. That does not sound like Bane. Oh, it's the Princess Bride. There we go. <laughs> My apologies. Yeah, when you guys were talking the Princess Bride, I was completely uh, in the dark. I had no idea what you guys were talking about. Uh, Sean Penn's former wife, the really good-looking Madonna that plays the vice president in um, the movie, the TV show on Netflix. Uh, uh, Robin Wright Penn. There you go. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, it was after she was on um, House of Cards. Opera. Yes, thank what? you. House of Cards. Okay. Um, she was on a soap opera, and then she got picked up for the movie, and it kind of like super launched her career. Um, that's not the main reason that I like that movie, even though she's super hot. Um, but yeah, it's got everything. She is attractive. It's got everything. So yeah, okay. that's my Desert Island movie. Okay. Did, Did you, you ever see House of Cards? cards? Yes. That uh, is a very good series. Last season, Me either. But be, that's because we have children now, so we don't get to watch things that we like. Uh, I don't think it's the same since they kicked them off. I thought that was nonsense, but whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. Cancel culture. Yup. All right. Um, we got that out of the way. We've got that one out of the way. Okay. Favorite book. Ooh. Okay, I would. The easiest thing to say would be The Princess Bride because it's a book that <laughs> they made into a movie. Um, oh, that's so but, cheating. 
<laughs> so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but as of right now, it is probably, um, oh, God, what's it called? Um, I, I could probably go get it right now. Um, it is a book about, and a, the name just completely escapes me at the moment. Um, but it's about the hot gates, the, the battle at Thermopylae uh, with the 300. And again, the name is just. Okay. It said something with gates in it. Um, I will probably find it at some other point in my my biblioteca, as my parents would say. Um, but yeah, it's excellent book uh, written. And now the author escapes me right now. But uh, Michael uh, Shara, uh, he writes a bunch of historical, uh, I guess, fiction. But um, yeah, I like books about stuff that actually happened. Okay. So I think history is more interesting than fiction. I, I agree. So, and as they say, reality is stranger than fiction. Truth. So, I mean, look at what we do. We know that for a fact. Word. Yeah. Yeah. We have seen some things. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So, really, any anything that is either historical, like uh, autobiographies, biographies, things like that, or historically based fiction, but. Um, yeah, so Michael Shera, Ken Follett, he uh, wrote some books, uh, Pillars of the Earth, uh, things like that, about cathedral building uh, in England back in the day during the medieval time period. So things like that. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's where I learned a lot of the random facts that have no bearing on regular conversations, but make good interview topics. That's like I have no desire to go to Europe except to see history. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. it. That's the only reason I would go. Yeah. And it's funny. My wife makes fun of me because we are in no way Scottish at all. But I really want to go there just because those dudes did some cool stuff and like rebelled against the king and the Jacobite. Like it was just a whole man. It, it's The history there is pretty fascinating. Yeah. If I won the lottery, I think I would do like a six month tour of Europe just going to all the different castles. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that that's the part that intrigues me. That and going back and looking at all the World War II history and yep. and all of that. That that is what intrigues me. But yeah, I probably skip over France. Not nothing against French people, but I just don't like French people. No, I'm not a fan. I've been there and I didn't care for them then. Yeah. So. So I mean, I like a good baguette, but I can make them now because I learned how to bake and a croissant, which I I know how to do that too. So I'm good. The only thing I would say that I would want, the only reason I would ever visit France is to go see Normandy. Normandy, yep. That, that because that to me is still remarkable. Yo, absolutely. And like the whole, the whole uh, battle theater, not just like Utah and Omaha, like Gold Beach, Juno, right. like all that stuff where like Point Du Hoc where they had to climb a freaking cargo net. Yeah. get While getting shot at. That takes some stones. Right. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a former Marine, and they made landings three or four times a year every year. Like, so they did, like, Normandy three or four times a year. Uh, but still, you know, there's no way you could I could island hop to all those places and see all that. I just go to Normandy and see one big one. Yeah. No, I get it. So that that is – and regardless of what branch of the military, that is right. impressive. That the, those, so. like that is the definition of hero 
right there. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So, if, like if, a legend, really, more than anything. If you carried a rifle in combat in World War II, you're a hero. Yeah. That, that's it. That's all you got to say. End of sentence. There it is. Okay. Um, so... We've said that we've worked together, and we did for almost two years, about a year and a half, and you always had your earbuds in listening to music on your computer, so what are you listening to? Okay, so um, you actually turned me on to, and I mean, don't get me wrong, you can turn me on, you're just, you know, you know, you know, um, but uh, I mean, we were the only two in the locker room. I I don't care. I listen. No shame in my game. Um, I can. I could. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so I started listening to more podcasts because of conversations that you and I had, and um, just trying to improve, just knowledge based foundational stuff as far as for shooting things. So Steve Anderson stuff like that. Um, listen to Jocko Willink just because I I find him like his state of mind fascinating. Um, and then just various, I have a very eclectic mix of music because um, I grew up, I, my parents are older um, and they, you know, they grew up in, a, in Central America and they grew up with very different musical tastes. Aside from the fact that they're Hispanic, so I listen to a lot of salsa, merengue, Gloria Stefan, stuff like that. Um, my dad was really mm-hmm. into um, any kind of Mexican music, so mariachi music, um, but yeah, a lot of uh, anything, anything that isn't hardcore metal or hardcore rap. I, I, I mean, and I'll listen to rap and I'll listen to like Ozzy Osbourne, stuff like that. But yeah, I don't, I don't consider yeah. Ozzy hardcore, hardcore metal. Right. You know? Exactly. So, but yeah, I mean, j- there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff. Okay. And podcasts. And oh. occasionally I listen to us. What, what about bluegrass? <laughs> Yeah, I'm down. Not a problem with it. Oof, you got one on me there. Yeah, because that's music, I would have to add that. That's, that's the only other thing I'd have to add to your two that you don't listen to would be bluegrass. I oh, just yeah, can't get into all. it. I just can't get into it. It's just that that thing, like the metal. Yeah, I'm okay. That's fine. I get it. So, so who is your for everybody? Who's your favorite artist? Ooh, of all time. Yep, of all time. Oh, okay, so. There is there's a there's a group uh, Buena Vista Social Club. It's made up of a bunch of uh, if if you listen or grew up listening to to Latin or Caribbean music, it's a bunch of very famous uh, Caribbean like older guys sitting there smoking cigars and stuff. Um, so those guys would probably be like the benchmark of musical talent that I really really enjoy. Cigars or ganja. No, 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 cigars, cigars. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, I also was very fortunate to meet an idol of mine before she died, Celia Cruz. Uh, I had a friend in high school. Her dad was a music promoter, and I got to go to one of her last concerts, and I actually met her. Look her up. Very large Caribbean woman. Like, she always used to say, azúcar. Um, but she did it better, obviously. Um <laughs> But that's what made her famous. So, yeah, uh, I got to meet her before she passed away, which was super cool. Um, but, yeah, those would probably be people that I was like, yep, you know how to do music. Okay. All right, cool. So it's not Michael Jackson. 
he's up there. I'm a fan. <laughs> um, also, his style is on point. Uh, yeah, yeah. His oh. his his glove game is strong, for, for sure. sure. Yeah, um, but yeah, you know, the Beatles, you know, stuff like that. I like older music for somebody who's only thirty six. I, I probably like a lot older than you would think. So, okay, all right. Um, moving along into guns. Hit me. Favorite caliber. <laughs> I feel like you're about to make fun of me. Uh, no, and it covers rifle, pistol, pistol everything. everything. Oh, ooh. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> okay, this changes the game a little bit. It does. Um, I would say probably right now, and this may change at some point, but probably right now, 6.8 SPC. Oh, wow. Um, I almost said six, five, but I haven't shot either of my six fives. Um, so I can't really say, Oh, I love that round because I don't have any experience with it. I just, I own the rifles and I'm waiting to, to match the bullet to it. Um, so yeah, six, eight, I, I think right now is probably my favorite. I carry 40, uh, for every day and I've shot 40 a lot. I started shooting nine because you convinced me it was a lot cheaper to compete with nine. Um, but my everyday is 40. But yeah, six, eight, I think right now is probably my favorite. Okay. Okay. So all time favorite pistol. Oh, um, 1911. Okay. I, I mean, I feel like that's like, it's kind of an easy answer, but it's also, it's the obvious answer. Yeah. Yeah. I, like it's been around forever. It there's, like you can't really beat it uh, as far as it is. You pull the trigger and it goes boom. So, I mean, it was in service for what? 75 years. I mean, that's reliability. That's a long time. Yeah. I mean, and, and there are still some special forces that are using it to this day. So yeah. And, and people, people still compete with it. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean the 2011, I mean, that's like the next evolution of 1911, but the the mag daddy of them all is still the 1911. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Favorite rifle all time. Who? Bolt action or semi-auto doesn't matter. Any. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um. It can be a musket. musket. <laughs> I actually. Um. I was about to say I have one. It's not real. It's a wall hanger. Um. Oh, uh, M14. Oh, now why the M14? This is interesting. So, okay. So I have an M1. Okay. Um, I have from CMP, like surplus was used, uh, in WW dose. I think the M1 is a great battle rifle. Uh, I think in the, in the like aggregate improvements of like M1, M1 carbine and kind of moving on and like purpose built rifles, I think the M14 is is a really interesting upgrade or um, variant moving kind of up, and it's the the precision that they were able to achieve in a semi-automatic rifle. Um, 
and have like multi capabilities. I just think that's really impressive. And again, they're still using it to this day. The Coast Guard uses it in their um, for their Hilo born snipers. Um, I think it's just a super cool rifle, and like it, it it's reliable and it it does what it needs to do and can do a lot of different things. So, yeah, I mean, when I was on the uh, rifle team in 1990, uh, we were still using M14s in competition. So they're very. I mean, if you get a double lug. M14, I mean, they're very accurate. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we were shooting those at 1,000 yards with iron sights. Not a problem. I mean, I probably couldn't do that, but the rifle with the right person behind it can do that. And again, for a semi-automatic, not bolt-action rifle, that, I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Gas-operated, yep. Yep. Extreme, it's, I mean... It is when people talk about, oh, the AK-47 and its reliability, that's what the M14 is. Same same durability that the AK has, the M14 has. Throw it in the mud, pick it up. I mean, my dad was saying when they were coming around in Vietnam to collect up the M14s, they were stashing them so that they only gave back a few, and they were keeping their M14s for carry. So, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a, a reliable gun. All right, I know you have this thing about painting rifles. What's that about? What's that about? <laughs> okay, so the answer I am willing to give on the interview is that I think they just look aesthetically better. Okay. okay. I just, like, listen, like, black rifles matter. Um... But I just think, uh, a f- like, a black finish or a blued finish, sorry, excuse me, like a blued gun is just kind of like, meh. Um, you know, I think they just look cool. They look, I mean, nobody, I shouldn't say nobody. Most people, when they buy an AR, they're like, I want it to look like the video game. Um, and I'm not saying that I grew up playing a lot of video games. <laughs> but... <laughs> I just think they look cooler and I do once my, my boys are older and they finally do go out and go hunting with me. Um, I know deer don't like, they're not going to see it just cause it's just, you know, blue or black or whatever, but you know, I just think it looks good and the zompocalypse could happen one day. So, okay. Yeah. I, and, and it's fun to do. Like, it's just a cool like project to do to beautify the world. So do you have like a go-to pattern or scheme? Uh, so yes, I actually ordered um, just some like netting on Amazon. And so I have my little workbench outside and it's got my paper down on it. So when I have to use it for other stuff, my wife doesn't get pissed off and it's got a bunch of spray paint on it. Um, and I throw the netting down and I do my base coat and then I throw the netting over and just layer up the colors. Um, and then just kind of alternate the the direction of the netting. And then I use some foliage, um, you know, and I just kind of layer my lighter color and then darker on top. But it's a lot easier to make, like you can make things too dark. It's, it's a lot easier to make things darker than it is to make them lighter. So I try to keep it light and then I will darken it as I, as needed or whatever. But yeah. And again, it's just a cool thing. It's just fun to do. And it gets me out of the house when the kids are yelling. 
So you're doing like a 3D pattern. Um, yeah. Now, are you using natural foliage or are you using plastic foliage? Uh, usually just stuff that has either blown down on my driveway or the weeds that are growing out of my um, asphalt. So okay. natural. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that way it's always different too. Right. Okay. So every every paint scheme is definitely unique. Um, and there, there are definitely some smears because, I, I mean, that's the cool thing about just a rattle can. It's not a Cerakote or anything like that. It's literally just a rattle can from Home Depot because if you're going to use the gun, it's going to fall. It's going to get dinged up. It's going to get scratched. I, it, it, I don't care if it scratches the paint because I did it and I can always just be like, okay, and spray over it and call it good. Okay. Oh, 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 we got a guest. Oh, hi there. We've got a guest. Where are you going? Where are you going, Sam? Oh, boy. He likes to do this. He likes to, question. he likes to climb up in the chair behind me. He's probably going to try to get a drink of my coffee. Hey, what you doing? Are you going to ask the questions? Hey, over here. Camera's right here. Look right here. What are you doing? Oh, Lord. I got a, I got a tongue and a tail at the same time. <laughs> my eyes wow. are fine i'm wearing eye pro <laughs> wow oh random side note i had my first cup of decaf coffee in ever yeah um, yeah yeah it was fine okay all right it's all right anyway um I i'm writing one down that i thought of as i was letting the dogs in cool okay so oh i asked that one uh, all right, so the next three I'm not going to say are related, but you could kind of say they're more like a man nah, anyway if you if you could choose anywhere to live, where would you live? Anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world <laughs> Texas. <laughs> I do like that answer. So, so actually there, so it, it's there's actually a twofold answer there. I if I could live anywhere, uh, but like under my ideal conditions. Yes. Um, so I would love to go back to Nicaragua because I visited there. Like I grew up short version every two years. My dad's work would send us back. Uh, like they would pay for for your family to go back to where you're not. You're originally from. Um, so like I have family that's there that I grew up with. Um, I have friends that are there that I grew up with. It is a beautiful country. The government is horrible. And like, if you want to truly understand what it's like to live in a not great place under the control of the government, go live there. So if that were not the case, I would live there. But since that is not going to happen in probably in my lifetime or the lifetime of my children, Texas. Okay. Maybe we should move to Costa Rica. Mm, I've been there. Eh, it's not all scratchy. No. Me. Okay. It's fine. We, we, we need, need to find some place that's gun friendly. Yeah. So not Central America. You'd have to be in the military or the police. Which okay. Is generally, the military also. Um. So yeah. All right. Well, that's out of the question then. Yeah. So Texas. Okay. So. I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask oh I'm going to ask you on the cast, which is, what would be your dream job? Oh, huh. okay. <laughs> so, and I know you know the answer, so I know this is why yep. you're asking. Yep. Um, if had I made 
better decisions. I shouldn't say better. Had I made different decisions in my life, um, I, if I could do it, I would. I would be a corpsman in, in the Navy. And I would be a greenside corpsman attached to a Marine unit of some sort. So, like, if I could do SARC or something like that, I, I would do it in a heartbeat. Now, why the draw to that? Um, I have always been drawn to uh, service in general, and I think that's just because how how we were raised. You know, my parents coming from um, very stringent Catholic background, and also coming from a nation that the government didn't care about you and was super abusive. Like they did a lot um, through the church and just in in growing up and and trying to help people make people's lives better. So there was always a, a, a draw to a service related job. And I mean, if you look at my, my siblings, like my, my brother, you know, him, he works in the same department we do. He's a paramedic. Um, my brother, my older brother's in the Coast Guard. My sister is married to a, a guy who's in the Navy Reserves. Um, yeah, that's just service has always just been something that we grew up knowing that that was what we were supposed to do. Um, and the military in general, I, the Navy for, I don't know why it was just always the branch that I was most drawn to. Um, and they, and I, I like medicine and that's, they did medicine and they do medicine for the Marine Corps. So why not do medicine for people that need it? They do have big guns. Well, yeah, there's that. And you get to wear the Marine Corps uniform. So So I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to get political real quick but only for about only about 30 seconds okay because uh i'm this is strictly for our podcast audience yep knowing where your parents are from now i know the answer to this question um the climate in america today what does that remind your parents of uh i will i have no problem saying this my parents have said this on numerous occasions and it is something that is i'm very mindful of um, having been there as well, um, they said it to me the other day, actually, again, they, um, they said, this is exactly what it was like before civil war broke out in Nicaragua. Okay. They, it was this divided and people were this polarized and yeah, it, 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 as, as, uh, now apparent, like if, if I didn't have kids, I think my perspective might be a little bit different i maybe wouldn't be as concerned as i am but as as a father of two boys and trying to make sure that they grow up to be good men um it it is definitely something that i worry about regularly probably more so than i would if things weren't this tense so that's a good word that's a good word tense so yeah Okay. All right. So you, you're going to be able to retire at a pretty young age. You're going to, you're going to meet your retirement at a very young age. So you can actually start drawing your retirement at the earliest age possible. Um, so what are your plans at that point? <laughs> so it honestly, a lot of it depends on my kids and I, I will say this contrary to my parents, I do not want to push 
college on my kids. I, I want to push education because I think being in this day and age in particular, being educated is very important. Uh, and I don't mean necessarily like, you know, having a degree, but just knowing how to learn and knowing how to decipher information and know what is important, what isn't important, what's, what's rhetoric and propaganda versus what is facts. Um, I think that's really important. So I want my boys to be educated. I don't necessarily think they need to have a degree in order for that to occur. Um, all that being said, if they don't go to college, I don't got to worry about paying for it. And they join the military, get a trade job, do this job. Okay, great. So um, that's going to be a big factor. But I would like to continue doing this for sure. I'm not saying that this would be our primary source of income because I don't know if people find me interesting or anything that we do interesting, <laughs> but I think we're pretty interesting. So please listen to this podcast because we're pretty cool. Um, and be a sponsor. Yeah, please, for sure. Um, I told my wife, though, I said, I when I retire, I don't want anything to do with medicine anymore. I feel like I've given a lot of my life to other people. Um, and I, now I kind of want, like when I'm done, I want to give my life to my wife and my kids. Cause I feel like they deserve that. Um, so I will be a Walmart greeter, sell alcohol at the ABC store. Cause they have the same retirement we do, um, work behind a, the gun counter at a shop somewhere. Um, do something that isn't me worrying about other people's lives. So something relaxed and easy. I don't know. Teaching something i feel like i'm qualified to teach something so you know CPR. definitely teach enough now yeah for sure um so yeah but uh, walmart greeter i'd be okay with that okay yeah all right anything else you can add to what we've discussed um i mean i i i think the the one thing like, I don't want to say our mission statement for for this podcast because, you know, you're interviewing me, but we, we do host this this thing together. Correct. Uh, along with our other host, uh, Huggy. And I'm going to do the um, same thing with him. Yeah, no, that's which I think is great. Yeah. Um, so we got to figure out who's going to interview you, which is going to be fun. <laughs> I can do myself. That would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I, we can make that happen. Um, but I, I think this kind of like anything – I view it kind of like, well, A, just something that I get to do with my friends, but B, um, it's still a service of some sort. Like we're, we're, I think we're doing it with the intent of bringing attention to something that is important. Um, you know, whether it's um, just participating in shooting sports, it's learning something that you didn't know before, maybe just educating yourself on like, and again, not to get super political, but learning something about, like if you're not a gun person, like even if you're like you're never going to pick up a gun in your life, at the very least, you can now understand why other people do. And again, either for sport or for hunting or for self-defense, whatever. Like if you listen to this and you, you take away, hey, I now understand a different perspective. That's awesome, because at the very least, we need to be able as people forget a country nation whatever just as people to be able to have conversations without getting each other's feelings hurt um even if you disagree like there are things that you and i disagree on but we're still friends there are things huggy and i disagree on but we're still friends 
um, and we can still talk about stuff. So right. I think it's cool that we can do that and hopefully just get a dialogue going with people and then just people that are enthusiasts listen to us because we probably have something to talk about. So Right. Yeah. You know, and it used to be that you could disagree and still get along. However, one side is saying, if you don't do it our way, we're going to burn down the cities. And then when we do get in to power, uh, we want you to come along with us because we're going to force it down your throat regardless. So it's kind of hard to get along with people when that is their main goal. So No, yeah. And, and, and again, with coming, being raised by the people I was raised by, I don't ever want to force my opinion on somebody. I, I don't need to agree with everybody. I don't need you to change your mind about things. Just respect my opinion. Yeah. And if I can explain it and, and cogently make up my position known, you don't have to be like, yep, I'm changing my, you just have to be like, okay, I understand. And I may not agree, but I get it. And you do you and okay. Like, exactly. We don't have to be friends. We just have to, just have to get along. Exactly. So, everybody be yeah, themselves so, and let everybody else be themselves. Yeah, you do you over simple. there. I'll do me over here, and and all be all will be right with the world. There you go. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's it in a nutshell, I guess. All right. Well, thank you for the um, <laughs> unplanned uh, sudden interview. I do appreciate it. The my, podcast, it my the podcast <laughs> appreciates it for all of us. <laughs> So we can actually put something out there this week. Exactly. So, all right. Well, thank you, sir. I know you have kids you've got to get to and a wife. So. Yeah. Well, I get to go watch Home for the 98th time this week. Okay. So it's going to be great. But thank you. And uh, I look forward to doing or watching Huggy's interview because I really want to know what that's going to be like. <laughs> okay. Take, Take care, man. And right. we'll talk to you later. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye. All right, again, I want to thank Leo for coming on. It literally was last minute. Uh, I just kind of texted him saying, hey, can you come on for an interview? Um, and I will do the same thing with Huggy, and we'll put this out. So, And then we'll do our interview, and next week we'll have that. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. As promised, here's the interview with Huggy. Hope you enjoy it. We enjoyed doing it, and I'll see you on the backside of it. <laughs> We're part of the interview. Okay. Um, so, we're going to start with, I started with, um, with Leo, I started with his nationality. Uh, so. Well, let me tell you, I'm a part Irish <laughs> <laughs> only the only, only the, the part, part that, that likes whiskey, whiskey though. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I, I was formerly a Mick Gant, but uh, they dropped it when they came over here. He <laughs> <laughs> worked in the coal mines, and you know what happened to that pigmentation. Yeah, you know, it, it became permanent. permanent. <laughs> right. Couldn't wash it off. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna start with what's what's your favorite movie? Oh wow, uh, my favorite movie. 
I have just several favorite movies. Um, but I have to say my all-time favorite movie is Men of Honor. So Now, who's in that one? Uh, that has Cuba Gooding Jr. in it. Um, also, uh, oh, my God. I, I know I'm going to forget his name, but he played in Taxi. Um, oh, I know who you're talking about. De Niro. De Niro, Robert De Niro. Thank you. Um, okay. So that was a movie where um, the African American gentleman was a diver. You know, he wanted to be a diver, and at first they said, "Oh, you can't make it." And he went through the whole thing of proving that he could do it, and then they end up being best friends. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, had to go through a whole. He lost his leg uh, for an accident that happened on the ship. But he never gave up, and his uh, and Robert De Niro, who was the officer who was in charge of the diving school, basically, you know, they like I said became friends and you know fought for him to maintain, you know, to be a diver. So it's based on a on a true story. So, okay. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah. I may have to check that one out. I just. After De Niro's um, political comments, it's hard for me to watch any of his movies anymore. Yeah, and I understand that, but this so, was before then. I know. Well, well most, most of his movies were before then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I had to had to give him uh, that movie was a, was a really good movie, um, and I just that would probably be the top one. That would be my top favorite movie. Okay. So. Favorite book? Ah, oh, favorite book. Ah, oh, wow. I've read so many of them. But I would have to say my favorite book right now of all time is probably Lone Survivor. Okay. All right. That's a more recent current event. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed that book. It, uh, and I had to say that in 13 hours. Those were my two favorite favorite uh, books. That I okay. Read. All right. Um, music. Oh, what do you listen to? I have an eclectic taste. Yeah, that is exactly what Leo said. <laughs> Seriously, exact same word he's used. <laughs> See? <laughs> um, I think we're all in that same boat. boat. Yeah, yeah. I like anything and everything. Um I listen to everything from classical all the way up to rock and roll, you know, so I, I like everything. Okay. The only thing Leo said he doesn't really get into is heavy metal and hardcore rap. Anything that you don't, I, and I said those, I can do some heavy metal, you know, like we're talking, you know, extreme metal. Um, I'm not, I'm not into that, but I also, I'm not big into bluegrass. Can't, can't quite do the bluegrass thing. Uh, I could do some bluegrass. And that's what Leo said. He could too. I could do some bluegrass. Um, heavy metal. There are some heavy metal that I, I just can't do. It's just, it's all it is. is just screaming. And I'm like, what are they saying? You know, yeah, it's that speed metal. metal. Yeah, yeah. Right. I can't do that. Um, but I will say I was fortunate enough that I got to meet uh, uh, Metallica, actually, when I was in college, because I was uh, back in Fidelity Productions. 
when I was in college. Oh, wow. I actually got the opportunity to meet them, uh, and they were probably the coolest uh, rock and roll metal band I have ever met. I mean, these guys were just genuine, down to earth, uh, and you you would never, never, never believe it. Oh, wow. That's, That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah, so... I got, you know, working for Seldor, I got the opportunity to meet a lot of bands and a lot of people. Peter Frampton, got to meet him back in, you know, years ago in college. Um, Joan Jett and the Black Hearts. So um, I got I got some cool opportunities. So we're, we're talking, talking late 80s, early 90s time frame? Yeah, I'm showing my age. Yeah, yeah that's okay. <laughs> so hey, my, my, my son went to, went to a, um, my youngest went to a, a concert probably three or four years ago and Joan Jett was one of the people playing and I forget who the headliner was and stuff, but I mean, he took away that he, he loved Joan Jett. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that this was just a few years ago and he's much younger than us. So I'm not showing your age a whole lot. Right. <laughs> she's a incredible artist. She's a great uh, artist. Actually, I remember Joan Jett even further back when she was with a group called The Runaways. Uh -huh. and they, they were, you know, an all-girl rock and roll band, and Lita Ford actually was in that band with her. So two iconic female guitarists yep. played together, you know, back then and still playing today. So that's I, cool. I absolutely love her Bad Reputation. That is yeah. an awesome song. Yes, yes. <laughs> so do you have a favorite artist at all or no? No, um, I don't have really a favorite artist. I just I like everybody when they bring their own uh, their own self into when they're singing. So okay, it just depends. Okay, all right. So <clears throat> favorite historical figure? Ah, uh, wow. Um, you know, actually thought about that one time before i was like man who would i who would i think was like my favorite historical figure and you know he's not really historic but of course in my eyes he is because he made me the person that i am today so it was my father who basically who you know drove me to be the man that i am i mean he showed me you never give up you never die you never quit you know you you scrap for every inch you know you don't take things for granted um if an opportunity is there you take it you know um and and it was just one of those things you know he sent me off to military school at, at the age of 14 13 14 so you know, and I remember being in military school. It's your freshman year and it's your rat year being in military high school, you know, and we, you live there and they're yelling and screaming at you, you know, just like you're in boot camp. You know, here you are 13, 14 years old getting yelled at like you're in boot camp, you know, and you're wearing the military uniform. It's not, you know, you go in there and you're wearing stuff like this and everything like that. You are actually immersed into the military world and it was an air force military high school randolph mcgut academy i'll give you props for that um but um 91st junior rotc 226 tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> um but you know it, it was hard you know 
Uh, I don't. A lot of people now probably don't remember, but there were sort of a couple movies that came out: Lords of Discipline, Taps. You know, those were movies about military schools. Well, they were more of a based around the college aspect, but the high school was pretty much there. They were gearing us for college and everything. So, um, but anyway, back to the historical figure part. My dad was, you know, he was like, hey. There were times I called and I'm like, look, I can't do this. I don't want to be here anymore. And he literally was like, you know, be a man and hung the phone up. <laughs> wow. You know. All right. Yeah. So he was he was making me strong. And before he passed away, uh, you know, we sat down and we talked. And, he's, and he even told me, he said, you never know how he you never understood how hard it was for me to hang the phone up on you to say that to be a man to make you strong he goes you had no idea how hard it was for me to do that to you but it made you who you are today he, he wanted, wanted to come pick you up. up he did yeah he wanted to but you know what he knew that that's what i needed you know and to make me strong and to make me push harder so um wow okay yeah so <clears throat> that's awesome he drove me harder so <laughs> I was like, okay. So, so where did you play football? Um, I started out, uh, well, of course, you know, high school wise, played in the, the, the uh, Randolph Lane Academy. Uh, started out down at Farham College. Uh, was down there, left there, uh, and then went up to Vermont, played up there, and then uh, came back. And I blew threw my knee out and thought that was the end. So I literally came back to Old Dominion University because they were supposed to be getting a football team at that time. They had this beautiful stadium, and they were like, yeah, we're going to have a football team, blah, blah, blah. I won't get in that whole story. It didn't happen. Um, so I'm now in shape and everything. A gentleman that I knew from years past happened to come in. He was like, hey, would you be interested in playing semi-pro? I said, sure. And uh, I miss it. So I ended up playing uh, for the Fredericksburg Generals. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I played several seasons for them. We actually had uh, Mark Mosley come out of retirement and actually was our kicker. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so that was pretty awesome to have Mark Mosley as your kicker. Uh, I then uh, we had the opportunity. We played against this team called the Charlotte Blast, and they were actually uh, – being scouted out for the Jaguars at the time before the Jaguars actually became into the NFL. They were putting their squads together and everything like that. So we were playing against them. And um, that's when I got the opportunity and got scouted out uh, by the Frankfurt Galaxy. The world. So uh, I ended up playing for the Galaxy. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of guys who didn't get the opportunity to play in the NFL or – didn't want to go over into the Canadian League, uh, would go over there and play over there. Uh, at the time, it was more like a – it was a farm league for the NFL. Right. And uh, it was actually growing, and it was doing well. Um, and then eventually, long story short, the NFL said, no, we're not going to do this. We'll go ahead and buy it. And it, out, and it turned into – I had retired and stopped playing. 
and they uh, turned it into the NFL. And then after that, they just folded. But now here they're coming back and they're sending teams over to England to play over in England. So right. <laughs> you were part of that. Hold on, hold on one second, Chris. All right, they stopped on their own. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> how did you get into shooting? Uh, competition shooting-wise, uh, I actually was uh, approached by Leo. Really? Uh, okay, yeah. Okay. He was like, hey, you should come up there and shoot with me sometime. And I was like, oh. Well, I've never done it before. And he goes, oh, you'll love it. He said, just come out there and give it a try. So I was like, okay. Um, I was uh, a little nervous at first. And uh, went up there and met Randy and Lynn, uh, the owners of Shadowhawk. And they were very, very uh, receptive to me being a new shooter. And uh, I, once I started shooting, I was hooked. And I can't stop now. Okay. Wow. I didn't know it was Leo that got you in there. Yeah. Yeah. And the competition shooting. Now, prior to that, have I hunted and shot, you know, rifles and everything of that nature? Yes. Um, I was, you know, my dad and I, we had he had rifles and everything. Um, but I, uh, and I bow hunted, you know, so, but never did the competition stuff until I met Leo. So, well, actually, I knew Leo, but I should say until Leo introduced me to it. Okay. So, what's your favorite caliber? Rifle, pistol, doesn't matter. Your single favorite caliber. Uh, wow. Well... I like the nine millimeter right now because it's. I have it all set up on my loading, reloading press, and everything like that that we do, and it's it seems easier. And I've been working with it more. Um, I've I've reloaded eight, uh, seven six twos, and everything, and they're great calibers and everything uh, for the distance. Um, but I enjoy uh, pistol competition, so nine millimeter is my favorite right now. So. Okay. All right. So, what's your? We'll go there first. Then. So, what's your favorite pistol uh, of, of all kind, of, uh, and all time? My favorite one of all time is going to definitely be the Panic SFS. Um, I will thank uh, Dave for uh, enlightening me to that. Uh, prior to that, I had just the Canic. SF and I had the Canic SA and all this stuff, but when you enlightened me to the SFX, my world changed. So that's my favorite gun. Okay, wow. All right. So, what about favorite rifle? I I know the answer to this, but what's your all-time favorite rifle? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's the Ruger Precision 308. Oh, okay. That's not where I thought you were going. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say the Barrett. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, that is my favorite, but I don't have it. So it's kind of not my favorite because I don't have it in my uh, cabinet. So 
Uh, in my cabinet, I had the Ruger Precision 308, and I love that thing. That thing is so sweet. I mean, it, and I'm I'm trying to save up money, but of course, I spend it on everything else. But I wanted to get that uh, Ruger Precision 338 Lupua. Oh, uh, yeah. So that that is another one that I would love to have because shooting this 308 is magnificent. And to get a hold of a 338 Lapua, I know that thing is, oh, it just gives me chills because I know it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> so your dream gun would be the Barrett, or would would it be the 338 Ruger? Um, my dream gun would be the Barrett. Okay, that is my dream dream gun. Gotcha. Yeah. And then hearing you telling me all the stories of how you shot it uh, when you were in the in the military and the Marines, I just think it's amazing. And I love hearing like when you tell us, Leo, myself, or other people, or hear you talking with other people about it and uh, stuff. So I always find that amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. I, I, the drawback for me is it's accuracy. I'm more of a precision guy, and it's not a precision gun, you know. I don't know if it's changed, but Ronnie Barrett at the time was guaranteeing 2.2 minutes of angle of accuracy from the factory. And for me, that's just, you know, I I, I look at something's wrong if I'm going to shoot a gun in competition and I can't get it to shoot a half a minute of angle or better. So... But it is a fun gun to shoot, for sure. Right. Absolutely. All the videos I've seen, I'm like, wow. And people ask how much the uh, recoil or what the recoil feels like. And I've always equated it to about about that of a 12-gauge shotgun. So it's not a lot. Oh, wow. Yeah, the way he's got the spring system set up and the recoil, it's very nice. He did a great job designing that gun. Oh, I I figured uh, it just, man. But yeah, that's that's my, that's my dream gun. Okay. Um, if you could live anywhere, where would you live? Woo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I if I could live anywhere, I would probably pick somewhere out in either Montana or Wyoming. Okay. I want some place where I can have a lot of land and a lot of openness and just be able to uh, ride around, you know, on either a side by side or get on. I would say get on a horse, but a horse probably wouldn't be able to hold me. So I would say Clydesdale. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I get on the Clydesdale and we just trot on out somewhere, you know, that, that that's what I would like to do. That's where I would like to live. So someplace. So you're okay with three feet of snow overnight? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm good with it. If you have, if, you know, if I have all the amenities and everything, and I, you know, I do canning and and you know vacuum sealing and everything like that. So once if I have everything, I'm I'm good. I'm like, I just I'm happy. There, there are people who are squeamish with those kinds of temperatures. That's why I oh. say that. Nah. <laughs> okay. I, I, I had to say this. Back in, I played um, one time uh, football in the snow, 
and had snow packed down my shoulder pads, you know, and, you know, once you have had that packed down your shoulder pads and you can't get it out, you just kind of just let your mind just go and just say, just accept it and just keep going, you know, and I've, after that, it just wasn't that bad to me. I, I enjoy it, you know. I've gone. I love skiing. I don't think I can ski anymore because my knees are probably <laughs> going to be like ah. right. So I, yeah, I, I enjoy the colder temperatures over the hotter temperatures. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I like the I like warm temperatures, but not hot temperatures. Gotcha. Uh, I mean, it's just so a, so Vegas would be an okay place to visit, but you wouldn't want to live there. That is correct. Okay. Uh, I I thought about it one time, and I actually spent a week out in Vegas. And a week is way too long to be spending in Vegas. But what, what time, time of the year was that? Uh, that was in July. It was like July August time frame, so it was pretty hot. Yeah, yeah it's scorched, scorched earth, earth time. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was just like, eh, and and. Vegas is fun. Like you said, it's a great place to visit. Go there, spend three days, you know, be somebody else that you want to be or whatever. You know, it's fun. Right. It's after a while. It's like, okay, I've done this. I've done that. I've been here, been there. Eh. I can understand why people that live there are tired of it and rather go somewhere else. Yeah, know? absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I just brought it up because – it's a place we both know of, and it's it's hot. Yeah, yeah, it's hot. Yeah, I like to go there to gamble. Because <laughs> you're inside in the air conditioning. That's right, That's right. And I tell the waitress, keep the drinks coming. There's there you go. There you go. Yeah. So, what would be your dream job? Mm. Anything in the world, any job in the world. What would be your dream job? <clears throat> wow wow that that was wow that that's a tough one um i would have to say that i've always wanted to be a pilot you know um that's why i went to the air force military school um i always wanted to fly i did get my uh, private pilot's license but <clears throat> let that lapse and let it go uh, but I enjoy flying. I love being up in the air and and everything. So I would say to be a pilot would be like the ultimate job. Oh, that's cool. I didn't even know you had your private license and whatnot. Yeah. When when you're going to the, this military, the military school, I went to Randolph Lake Academy. And still today, you can get your you literally can get your pilot's license, your, po your private pilot's license before you can get your driver's license, unless they've changed that now. But I know at that time, <laughs> at 15 years of age, uh, you could get your pilot's license and fly. <clears throat> wow, that's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't drive a car, but I could fly a plane. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah. All right. One, one final, final question, question, and that's going to be, um, what's your new training device, and what are your thoughts on it? Oh, well, let me let me bring that out here and bring that up. The new training device this is the Cool Fire Laser System training system. 
by Cool Fire. And um, not, not a sponsor. sponsor. Not a sponsor. <laughs> That's <laughs> fully paid for. <laughs> yeah, love to be a sponsor. I will actually demo it for them. Um, but this is a really cool system. I'm trying to improve my uh, game uh, this season. Um, and this is uh, an indoor CO2 system. Um, and when I say indoors, because of course you could be indoor dry firing. Some people dry fire. This is going to help, I think, help improve my dry firing. Um, some other people say it's just a gimmick, but um, to me, I'm going to try it out and we'll see if it's a gimmick or not. Um, but anyway, the barrel, you re end up replacing the barrel and the actual spring uh recoil system inside here. That's the only thing in the Canic SFX. There's other ones and uh, other guns, you might have to change a few other things. But in the Canic SFX model, only thing you have to change out in here is the recoil spring and the barrel. That is the only two things that has to be replaced. And that's it. You put them back together and put CO in it, and it is ready to rock and roll. So I've already played with it. I was like a little kid at Christmas time when I got the box. I opened it up and had had to put it together. So um, this is, and I've already filled it with CO2. So I'll give you an example of what it's like when you actually squeeze the trigger. So you can see like it'll actually uh, show the slide actually moving. So here, here it is. So I don't know if you actually caught that or not. But yeah, that's pretty snappy. snappy. Yeah, it's actually it's snappy. So it actually will give you some recoil. Okay. So it's actually really, really, really nice. I, I actually like the feel of it and everything. Um, you can also get a laser um, for it, which I did get the laser. You don't, you do not have to have the laser. So it's, it's extra. extra. This is extra. Okay. You do not have to have this, but I got this anyway, just trying to see where, if my sights were lining up properly and uh, I will have to say that this laser is awesome. I have to make some adjustments to this to get this lined up properly. Um, but other than that, this thing is awesome. I love it so far. Um, it's great. Also, you can have a mag, empty mag, and just so everybody sees, there's an empty mag, but you can put this, or they send you a orange um, stopper, I guess. You would call a it. follower, yeah. Yeah, so actually what it does, it doesn't, your slide won't lock back. So it's nice so you can train with doing, you know, two shots, dropping the mag out. They give you an extra one, and you can put it up in there so you can work on mag changes and everything. So it's nice. Have you used it enough to determine how many trigger pulls you get with a full charge? No, I haven't really played with it enough in that aspect yet. Um, but I know so far I've probably and just playing with it and just pulling trigger, 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 just to empty out the uh, uh, the barrel. I would say I probably got about 20, 25 trigger pulls. So far? So far out of it. Well, and that, that was still pretty snappy, yeah, that last one. So, okay. So, yeah, it, it, it's nice. I will have to say, but again... I'm still, this is new. This is like the second day I've actually played with it. So um, still some more uh, intense research going into it uh, and trials. So we'll we'll find out more and I'll come back and give more updates on this. So 
Like it. Okay. All right. Looks pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty snappy for sure. Oh yeah. Like I said, I, I, I like that snappiness. Um, it's not, I, uh, let me just make sure that everybody understands that it is not going to give you the full snap of a live ammo, but it is there. It is close to it, you know? So it makes you, if you're shooting dry firing and you dry firing your targets, it makes you reacquire. It's not like you can hold there and, and stay on it. It's going to make you reacquire. Okay. So it, that's what I like about it. So, so it's doing its job then. Yes, yes, it is. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap this up? Uh, no. Um, that, that's about it. That's about it about me. I mean, we all three of us work together, and uh, uh, you guys are two awesome people. And I have to say that uh, I've been fortunate enough to share a locker with you. <laughs> yeah, this is true. True story. Yes. So recruit we uh, for about for about a solid five months. Yeah. So uh, you and I went to the fire academy together and shared the locker and shared a tight quarters. <laughs> the the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> no gazing. Yeah. No gazing. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thanks, thanks for letting me interview you, Huggy. Well, thanks for interviewing me. I know I, I get talking sometimes. so That's okay. So, so does Leo. <laughs> it's, it's all good. good. All right. So, but yes. So people look, get the opportunity. Casual, casual shooter podcast. It's a fun group of guys. Don't yeah. You. Give it a shot. And, and now you can find us at casualshooterpodcast.com. Boom. <laughs> I'd like to take a moment and thank Chris, I'm sorry, Huggy and Leo for coming on and letting me interview them. Obviously, it wasn't a very in-depth interview, but at least you understand a little bit more about them and how they ended up where they are today. Thank you for listening. I hope you continue to listen and tell everybody you know about us. You can find us at www.casualshooterpodcast.com. Thank you.